it's the emotions that actually spur the action and cause things to go into long-term you know, memory. Using a story format also will help people remember you better because story is essentially a pattern. This is Show Your Business Who's Boss. Listen in on behind-the-scenes, unfiltered conversations with my favorite business owner friends who take charge and make their businesses work for them. Don't just be your own boss. Show your business who's boss. I'm Pia Silva. On today's episode, I'm speaking to badass business owner Seth Erickson. Seth is the owner of Storify Agency, and he's the author of a new book, How to Hack Humans, Storytelling for Startups. Stats say that 90% of startups fail, and Seth recognized that although many startups excel at building their tech and their ideas, they often fall short when it comes to communicating their value to the world. Well, I think that pretty much sums up almost every business owner I've ever met. You're great at what you do. You know how to deliver the value. But when it comes to communicating that to customers and getting them to remember you, most people, frankly, suck. So that's why we're going to talk about this today. We're going to talk about storytelling, specifically why it's 10 times more effective than just telling customers what you do what it looks like in a personal brand versus a business brand, and how our stories can and must evolve as our businesses evolve. So buckle up. Here we go. Hey, Seth. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm super excited to chat with you today, especially because you just published your first book. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> it was a it was a lot of work, but it, I, it's finally done and I'm happy happy that it's out in the wild as it were. Books are a lot of work, but they're totally worth it. Give us the 50,000 foot view. What is this book about? So the book is 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 about storytelling and how do you use storytelling to connect with your audience at a deeper level. So the book is broken up into three parts. The first part is really the talking about the neuroscience and really giving, I guess, a, a factual or evidence-based look at storytelling. Like we've always used storytelling, but we didn't actually know what was going on in the brain when people were hearing stories. And now we have, you know, all this technology that we can look in and go, oh, this is happening and this is happening and this is happening. And there's probably a lot more that we're going to find out as as we learn new things and there's new questions to ask, right, about where we're at. So, so that's like the first part of the book. And the reason I put that in first was because I wanted people to understand that like when I'm talking about how powerful storytelling is, this isn't just me with a theory, right? Like that there's, it's evidence-based. So that's the first part. The second part is really how do you tell a story and what are the different formats of storytelling that you can use? So, you know, we talk about the year's journey and short stories and taglines and different things like that, where you can tell a short story and more words or less words, right? Because a story doesn't always have to be the hero's journey, but that is the most popular format that, that we've seen over history. And so that's a good starting point, but you know, you can tell a short story and you can like, I talk about Aesop's fables, for instance, those are all stories about morality. Um, and they're told through, you know, animals <laughs> essentially. And then the final part really is how do you apply this stuff? Right? Cause I've read a lot of books and, you know, again, it goes back to that they give you theory on how you should run a business or how you should do something, but then they don't say, okay, here's your action steps or here's how you can start applying this. And so I didn't want people to buy the book and go, yeah, story sounds great. Look at all this science. And then, then feel like they had to hire me to, 
you know, change their copy on their website or write their emails or whatever. I wanted somebody to be able to put the book down and go, okay, I can, I can go start applying this and then they can go back and reference the book if they need to. So that's, that's the book in a nutshell. (laughs) How did you become such an expert on storytelling? What's your hero's journey to here? Well, I guess we can start at the call to adventure. So yeah, because in the in the hero's journey, the hero always has to be called to adventure to to start their journey. And so going back to 2015, I was running a successful agency, but at the same time, I was dissatisfied because I didn't feel like I was moving the needle for my client's business the way that I wanted to. And part of that was just because, you know, we do great design. And then I would ask the client, like, are you seeing an uptick in sales? Are you seeing more people filling out forms? You know, we built this new site. Like, is it helping your business? And they were like, well, no, but we're really happy with the site. And, and that was just kind of a, you know, face palm kind of moment. And so I started looking around going, okay, well, how can we need to adjust from this idea of like doing great design and winning awards to figuring out how to help move the needle forward for our clients. So started looking at a lot of different things, started actually going down the path of going, well, you know, management consulting helps businesses. And so could we create a design slash management consulting business? And that was actually the direction I was headed in. And a friend of mine who was working with me at the time, he was the international head of branding for GoDaddy said, dude, you're a storyteller. He's like, that's your thing. And I was like, great. How do I, how do I actually get paid for being a storyteller? (laughs) You know, because it's like, you know, you think of of a storyteller as like somebody who like writes screenplays or directs movies or writes books or whatever, little did I know. And he gave me this book called Story Wars by Jonah Sachs. And it like, it was like being struck by lightning in the book. Jonah Sachs talks about the power of story and he's also an agency owner. Um, And I was really fascinated by it. And so I went on an audible binge, like an addict, and I read over 50 books on storytelling. And in those books, they were talking about the, the neuroscience oh. and they started talking about neuroscience, but not all of them were talking about neuroscience. It was just like, this is the format, right? To write a great story. This is how you do comedy. This is how you write a script, right? Like, but, but every now and again, somebody would be like, and the neuroscience. And I was like, Ooh, I like science. So, so I read all these research papers, probably a couple hundred. They're super boring. You like, don't waste your time trying to read them. I just took the information in them and boiled them down. I mean, the irony of the whole thing is that there's all these papers written on storytelling and they don't write their papers using story. They're like, (laughs) storytelling's amazing. It's powerful. Look what it's doing to the brain. But let me write it like, like the most boring, you know, lecture professor ever. And so I just, I I just found it to be ironic. You know, it's like the shoemaker's children have no shoes. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's much so, easier to talk about how important something is than to actually do it yourself. Yes, the actual application. Yeah, so that's kind of what took me down the path. And then what I ended up doing was just starting to talk to some of my my old clients going, hey, I'm learning all this stuff about storytelling. Let's apply it. And since my clients, some of them had been with me for over a decade, they were like, sure, you know. And so I started applying storytelling and started actually seeing results. Like we were seeing like, oftentimes double what the industry standard was for open rates. We were seeing three to four times the click-through rate, you know, on links and things like that inside of emails. We were starting to see lower bounce rates on websites because people were actually staying and reading the content instead of just going, I don't know what these guys do and, and then leave. And so that's when we went, okay, 
this stuff works. <laughs> and that was like, I don't know, three, four years ago that we started doing that. And, and that was really, it was really eye-opening because, you know, being a designer, you know, you go to design school and, you know, you're taught design changes the world, but in reality, it's, it's the words <laughs> because at the end of the day, you have to communicate with other humans and either do that through talking to them, or you do that through the words that are on your website, on your ads, on your, you know, brochures, your business card, whatever, right? Like you have to say something relevant and putting something in a story format is much more interesting to the human brain than just coming up with like snappy, you know, copy that sounds fun and interesting, but actually doesn't mean any, mean anything to the other person. Well, that's great. And I love that it came from a place of business, really. How do we make these websites more effective? Put story. Everyone talks about story, but I don't think everyone knows what they're talking about when they say that. Tell me what it looks like when people implement a story on a website and how it's different from what people normally do. Like, what is that difference? Is it always about me? Is it like, let me tell you my story? Because that's the thing I think everybody does. It's not that it doesn't have a place, but I'm just curious, like the application. One of the things that Jonas Sachs said in his book, like a lot of people probably have read StoryBrand and, and Donald Miller talks about this too, but actually Jonas Sachs said it three, four years before him, but we all kind of borrow ideas from each other, is that you are the, you're the mentor, you're the guide in, in your customer's journey. And, and what most people do is they try to set themselves up as the hero and they want to talk about themselves and they want to talk about how neat and fancy their product is or how great their service is, but they're not really explaining or, or talking about the customer and making the conversation about the customer. And so, you know, like one of the things that, that you can do is change the way that, you know, instead of going me, 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 you know, us, 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 us on our website, mm -hmm. you can start changing the copy to you, your, right. And changing how that conversation is happening. So that's the biggest one usually is, is it's like, we're so cutting edge. We're, we have the best customer service. You know, we've won all these awards and that all that conversation is, a, is about the business, but it's not really about the customer. And in the area that I work in with startups, they get so like hung up on the technology because they went to school, they become experts in it. They've come up with some great new idea that's going to make things better, but then they focus on the tech, which is re really what enables the solution, not what it, it's not talking about how the problem is solved. Right. And that's where a lot of, a lot of people go wrong. And so what I, what I say is that, you know, your brand, you know, you have your brand. At the center of your brand is your story and at the center of your story should be your customer. So, so all these things kind of layer together, but yeah, it's, it's really changing the conversation, but also using storytelling, right? Like you need to have, you know, emotion in your, in your copy, right? Lo lots of people write really bland, dry copy. It doesn't really do anything on the emotional side. And the reason you need that is because emotion actually helps, helps move people or spur them to action but also it helps them, it moves what you're talking about from short-term to long-term memory. So there's a little bit of neuroscience there. And I know that's something that you talk about a lot in, in writing copy is like, you know, punch it up, put some emotion in there, you know, get people excited about it. And the science says, yeah, that's actually what makes people take action. So just one, one little tip there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, is this, 
you know, people don't remember what you say. They remember how you make them feel. I mean, is this kind of along those lines? Because even though we're saying the words are important, ultimately, it's like the feeling you walk away with is what's going to imprint the memory. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the emotions that that actually spur the action and go cause things to go into long term, you know, memory. But using a story format also will help help people remember you better because story is essentially a pattern and it is a pattern that the brain recognizes and that it loves. And the reason for that is that, you know, before we were painting on the inside of cave walls, we were using storytelling and we had to use storytelling to communicate information from generation to generation, to generation, to generation. So it's stuff like, you know, don't mess with saber tooth tigers, eat, eat this type of berry, not this kind of berry. Conduct right. your life in this way so you're not your an idiot. Your great, great grandfather <laughs> was eaten by a saber-toothed tiger, and that's yeah. why. Yes. And the other thing is, is our brain is always looking for patterns, too. So that's so you give it a pattern that it recognizes, then it focuses, it locks in and focuses, and then if that pattern is interesting to the brain, that's when when part of that a short-term or long-term memory happens. And people do actually have a better or do a better job retaining what you do say, or at least having a, a better general idea. Like they did a study where somebody got up and spouted off a bunch of facts and figures. And then they asked people if they could remember what they said afterwards. And it, the retention rate was something of like 20 to 30% of the information. Whereas uh, when somebody got up and told a story, people were able to retain 80% of it. So, so it's not exactly that people don't remember what you say. It's just how you say it will make it easier for them to remember. Got it. And also it, it kind of strings it together in a more, are you saying the pattern? So it's like stringing it together in a more logical um, yes. set of events so that they kind of spur each other. Yeah, we're, we're kind of building neuroscience concepts together in a way that like hopefully everybody can kind of track and go, okay, I use a story. Great. I understand that I can, I can do that. But, you know, not all stories are equal, right? Like Hollywood mm-hmm. proves that out every day. Right. <laughs> when they have movies that make a billion dollars and then movies that are epic flops, you know. And so, you know, there's a right way and wrong way to do it, just like anything. OK, but you know what's funny about that? So I, I'm very picky about the movies that I watch because I have no attention span, like a, t- a TV series kind of person, because, like, you know, it takes a lot for me to get into a movie unless it's a great movie. So I won't watch a lot of movies, but Steve will watch anything and he will tell me awesome stories from these movies. He's like you won't want, you won't like the movie, but let me tell you the story. And so I actually have a different feeling about that. I feel like it's all execution when it comes to movies, right? Like he always mentions, do you know this surrogates? Do you know, have you heard of that movie uh-uh. with um, Bruce Willis? Anyway, supposedly a horrible movie. It's just that it, he brings it up a lot because it's, it's like people living in second life or sim, you know, it's just, in our world, these ideas of people living in computers, <laughs> any any sci-fi mm-hmm. story like that, he's always got. He's always telling me movies that are terrible, but he's but the stories are really great and fascinating because they're good commentary. But there you go, like he's remembering the story and not much else because the movie sucked. <laughs> so the right. Story well, work. and yeah, and it was interesting to him, right? Like, so right. one of the things that that I talk with my customers about a lot is story is powerful. It's amazing. All this stuff is happening in the brain. But if you tell the right story to the wrong person, it's going to bounce off of them, right? So mm-hmm. that's that's a separate problem than how do you tell your story, right? Because like, let's say I'm into gardening and you think digging in the dirt is stupid. I tell you some 
some story about gardening, you're going to be like, good on you. Glad you had fun gardening, but like, you, you know, you're not going to care. Or mm -hmm. you're telling a baseball fan a story about a soccer event, right? Like they might listen, but like, they're not really going to be engaged. So story is not a magic bullet, I guess, is, mm -hmm. is part of it. And, and that's where like, when we're working with these startups, I'm like, how well do you know your customer? Because I can tell a great story. I really can. But if you don't know who your customer is or you don't understand them, I may spend all this time crafting a great story and then just watch it bounce right off of them because they just don't care, you know? Mm -hmm. So you have to be engaged by by the story for it to do its magic, right? Mm. <laughs> you have to Sure. And so of in your course. case, like, you're like, I don't care about these sci-fi movies or I don't care about movies or whatever, right? So all that's going to, going to, kind of bounce off of you anyway no no I, I, li I like the i like the idea of the stories like the stories are <laughs> fascinating he's just like you're not gonna like the movie you know like the the move the execution of the movie it sounds like there's three parts there's like the the topic or like the vehicle of the story right if it's about gardening or it's about sports like look i don't like sports but i like tons of movies that are about sports because they're not about sports they're about people they're about humans right. and relationships right like isn't any good story at its heart going to be about people and and emotions yes. and hu the human experience and so it shouldn't matter what the the vehicle is if it's a good yeah. story yeah yeah like ted lasso is a show about a soccer team that rarely seems to play soccer or at least we don't see them play soccer in the show it's mostly about the dynamics of, you know, Ted Lasso, the players, the the owner, you know, the marketer, you know, all these. It's really, it's not about soccer. It's about mm -hmm. these people and the journey that they're on and and what's going on with them. So, yeah, I mean, that is, you know, that is another aspect is that if you tell a story where, you know, somebody can't connect to the hero, right, then again, the story fails. So is that the part that that you're saying I need to understand your customer? It's I need to understand their their needs, their pains, their wants so that the story can focus around that kind of emotional yes. connection. Yeah. Yeah, so it can it'll resonate with them. Mm -hmm. Right? Cuz, you know, <laughs> one of, one of, one of my one of my clients is you know, we're going through this process where, you know, they they thought they knew who their customer was, but they didn't really. And um, and so, you know, they've, they've actually spent a considerable amount of time, like kind of going and trying to figure that out because they were like, well, you know, we built this product and we thought everybody would want it. And then some people want it, but not everybody does. So what's the missing piece here? And it's like, well, if you don't understand your customer, then you can't even talk about your product in a way that will grab their interest. So yeah, that's, that is, that is part of the challenge. Like I said, not a magic bullet. I think of it like a recipe, right? Like when you get the ingredients right, you get all the, the the ratios correct, then you can make something tasty. But if you have something that's off, like you've got too much salt or too much baking soda, or you know, let's say we're baking a cake, you know, it looked like a cake, but it's not going to taste like a cake. So mm -hmm. it's all execution. Yeah. Hey guys, I wanted to jump in here really quickly and ask you for a big favor. If you love this podcast, if you love this episode, I would be grateful if you would share it with a friend who would benefit or better yet on Instagram in your stories and tag me at Pia Loves Your Biz. It really is the best way for others to find out about the show and I thank you in advance for your help. All right, back to the episode. 
Well, so let me ask you this, because this is something I've, like, I remember when I read Story Brand, I was honestly a little, I was like confused and felt like I had done it wrong. And yet I have seen so many people do it this way. So, and it, it it's easier, frankly, to tell your own story, right? Like, here's my, here's my hero's journey. Like, and actually I'm using that, but I don't actually know what that really means. I was like t- trying to do this thing. I had this really hard part, right? I failed and then I figured something out and then I ascended and had success. And that's, that story arc, I assume it's a story arc, is something that a lot of people experience or have been on part of that journey. So to tell my own story is to say like, look, I was also on that journey and then this is what I did and this is where I went. And in my experience, people relate to that and they're kind of like, oh yeah, I'm at that part of your journey and I want to be where you are now, so I want to know what you know. And when I read Story Brand, I was like, but put the but put the the customer in the hero's position. I'm not really sure if I'm not doing that or I am doing that because in one sense, it, I'm thinking, well, yeah, I'm I'm showing you the way. And so, yes, it's time for you to be that hero and go on this quest. But on the other hand, I'm not really talking about it like your journey. I'm like sharing my own experience. So how does that, how do those things relate? Like fix this for me. <laughs> I'm so well, confused. So, so, so the personal story works great for a personal brand. It doesn't work so good for a business. Like okay. when it's a personal brand, it's more of a one-on-one thing, like we're connecting with the person, but when it's mm-hmm. a business, we don't really feel like we're connecting with a person. We feel like we're just connecting with like this fa- faceless entity that, you know, and if they're the way they're talking, then it's like, mm, I don't know who these people are and I don't really care. Right. So in the, in a personal story, yeah, you can definitely put emphasis on the customer, but what I, um, and I, I don't really do personal branding, but I've actually been recently asked to do some personal branding and I'm like trying to, trying to figure this out a little bit myself, Mm -hmm. but I think, you know, the main point about like what you're talking about is that you need to set yourself up as the guide or the mentor in, right. And so Mm -hmm. it quite often what happens is in, well, let's use Star Wars because Star Wars is the hero's journey. Obi-Wan Kenobi is introduced, but he doesn't really go into this. I've never seen Star Wars. Wow. Last (laughs) year. So so that's okay, but you can Luke's, use it anyway because everyone else yeah, has seen it. Yeah, Luke's Luke's first guide is Obi Wan Kenobi. He doesn't go into a big explanation about how awesome he is, right? He's like, he literally has like a line in in the movie that he says, "I was a Jedi once in the dark days before the Empire." Like that's it. Like that's that's kind of his setup. That's like, yeah, I've been there. I've done that. So, so the mentor. I think, you know, telling a story can set you up as a mentor. And I think one of the important things to getting to the mentor state too, right? Because everybody's a hero. And then what happens is a hero goes through this journey and then they come back and they quite often become the mentor, right? They're like, I did this. I've learned this. I'm going to help you do it, right? And that's kind of how you have positioned yourself, right? Right. And so the idea is that um, in a personal story, you have to be able to say, and here's what I learned and here's how I'm going to help you. Right. I think mm-hmm. that's like, that's really the, the most important point. So you can explain how you got to that place as a personal brand much better than, than sometimes businesses do because, you know, they just, the story is not that interesting or whatever. 
And so, well, their story um, isn't the customer's story because they're a business. So they're not, it's not necessarily that they went on the same journey. Right. 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 And so, so I think from a personal brand, like you're saying, people do want to connect with the individual versus Mm -hmm. the, the the faceless corporate entity. Yeah. (laughs) And so it's different. It's a little bit of a different conversation. It's just like every format that you put your story in on your, you know, if it's on your website, that's going to be a different story than if you are potentially running ads, right? Those will be different, a different story format versus your business card or, you know, whatever. So, but yeah, I mean, with, you know, with a lot of the the businesses that we've worked with, I'm always saying, you know, even if, if you want to tell your story, yes, do make it about your customer. And, and the way you do that is, you know, just circling back <laughs> is that you, you say, Hey, um, you know, I had this problem or we, you know, we saw this, this issue. And so we wanted to come up with a solution to fix it. And so we came up with X, Y, Z product. And, and, and so we understand what you're going through. We get where, you know, why, you know, things don't work out the way that you want them to. And we want to help you. Right. That's a very different conversation than buy my, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, you know, that, that a lot of companies just push and so is that considered story to say let's say you're selling you know i don't know a a better salad spinner (laughs) right let's take something random you're selling a better salad spinner when you say on the on the website when you say like use the story and put the customer at the center of it is it considered a story to say you know you struggle because your salad spinner takes up so much space and it's hard to clean and you, whatever, it doesn't dry it as much. And wouldn't it be nice if it did those things? Like, we want to help you. Here's our thing. It does all those things. And now your yes. salad will always be dry. Is that, <laughs> is that yes. a story? Yes, that that is a story. Yes. Are yeah, you guys so... all so compelled by my salad spinner now? <laughs> <laughs> well, so... What normally happens is it, instead somebody goes to to the page for the salad spinner and, you know, like they're like, this salad spinner is, you know, holds one gallon of salad, right? It, it has the most amazing, you know, yeah. I don't know, acrylic Turbo plastic spinner, finish. Spin it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they talk plastic. about, they spend a lot of time talking right. about the features. Like it's green. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so they're just talking about the features. They're not actually talking about how that salad center spinner solves the problem that the customer Got may it. or may not have. So that's how you change the conversation. Cause it's just mm-hmm. like, you know, like I said, with startups, they'll just go tech, 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 AI, blockchain, crypto. And I'm like, that doesn't tell the customer how you're going to solve their problem. And most people don't even understand AI to the, you know, to the extent that you, you know, right. Mr. Startup expert do. Right. Like mm. they don't know the difference between, you know, machine learning and neural networks. Like they're just like, is it going to fix my problem? That's what I want to know. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. I don't I don't care about all the uh, all the technology that powers it. I have a problem. It's is this technology going to solve that problem? And so, yeah, you got to change the conversation away from, you know, it's like the old marketing adage. Nobody wants to, wants a drill. They want a hole in their wall. Like that's it. Like, yes. So talk about oh all the stuff gosh. they can hang. Seth, I just made a connection. Wait for it. It's not, it's, it always feels more brilliant until I say it, but go with it. 
what I have been saying every week on our calls about the LPs is the storytelling, right? I mean, that's Mm -hmm. exactly what I'm saying. I'm saying stop giving them just the details. Like a big mistake I see people make in the LP or in the strategy that they give people is they give them, it's the parallel of of the tech startup. It's like, oh, let me tell you all the, your brand like values and mission and, and things that sound like like brand guideline aspects, but the client doesn't really understand how they're applicable. And I just keep saying, no, what's their problem? What are you, how are you going to solve it? Show them the path there. And it's the same thing. Isn't it the same thing? Yeah. Yeah. Sell the sizzle, not the steak. <laughs> yeah. Sell the sizzle, uh. not the steak. Show them how what their problem is and how you're going to solve it and how you're, you have the solution to that. It's how you should do everything with your clients, including yeah. their copy. Yeah. When you were talking about it a couple of weeks ago or last week, I was, I also had another face palm moment. I was going, yeah, I'm doing exactly what you're talking about. Like, and I'm a storyteller and I'm not getting them excited about the prospect of working with me. I'm going, let me tell you what color the salad spinner is going to be, how big it is, you know, like I'm, I'm <laughs> fo- focused on the, on the features right. and not the benefits. And I'm like, and I'm a storyteller. Oh my gosh. Like, what am, what am I doing? You know? And it's like, so, so it's that, it, yes, 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 yes. So, so I see that so much, not just that in that specific situation, but you know, branders in general, like people who do marketing, right? They, they, you need to do these things. You need to tell a story. You need to stand out. You need to niche, you need to blah, blah, blah. And then they don't themselves do it. And I can't, and I, and I have the same problem. I mean, it's almost like, even though you're saying our brain defaults to patterns and we're attracted to patterns and things that are familiar to us. And, and these are the things that we remember. Somehow our brain does not default to operating like that. It's like, we want to see that, but I I don't see anybody who default. I, I mean, I don't think I've Look, I, I, you know, we put a lot of thought, active thought into building a, a brand that stands out instead of saying a brand that stands out. But man, was it like pushing through the default thinking, which is you want to just say those things. You want, you know, I, I, I just, and I coach so many people, I see everybody is in the same way. Do you have any thoughts on why that is? Or is it just the people that I'm running into? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that was part of the reason that I wrote the book is that I wanted to kind of change people's minds about how they approach, you know, writing copy and creating their brands, right? Like, but yeah, we, I mean, we have habits and we fall into those habits, right? And yeah, but um, why are those our habits? Why aren't our habits to tell amazing stories if they're how well, we remind people of things? So, so here's the thing. We, we all tell stories. Some of us do it better than others, right? Like, um, you know, it's like breathing. We all breathe, but like some mm-hmm. people actually focus on their breathing so that they can be a high performance athlete, right? And then the rest of us just, you know, let air go in, in and out of our mouth and our nose. And that's the extent of it. So, so it's not that we're not able to tell stories. It's just, we don't think about it, right? Like this, you know, this conversation you and I are having is, is a story of, of sorts and understanding storytelling, understanding how to make a good story. I think it's the beginning of that journey to, to actually getting, getting to be, to the place of going, okay, I understand how to tell a story. Now I'm not just throwing out stuff or I'm not telling boring stories. 
right? Cause like to a degree you are telling a story, even when your copy is bad and it doesn't stand out, it just is a story about how boring you are. It's like you going, Hey, uh, what'd you do today? And your response is, well, you know, I got up, I went to the store, I, you know, called a friend, whatever, right? Like that's a really boring story. But like, if you change that, if that story was like, yeah, I got up this morning. I felt great. It's like, I was having the best day ever. I thought, man, I need to go to the store. I went to the store and as I was walking through the parking lot, I got hit by a car, right? Now the story is, is much more interesting, right? And I'm not saying you should lie or anything, but you know, just adding that, that emotion and saying, I woke up and I had a great day. You know, it's like, okay, well, tell me about your great day. What's going on there? You know, like even that little change in Mm. adding that emotion makes for a more interesting story just right from the beginning, even if it's, I woke up. (laughs) So, you know, adding, you know, there's so many elements that you can add to story to, to improve it. But yeah, I mean, so, you know, going back to what you said about like, why do we all do this mundane, boring stuff is because, you know, we, we look around, we see what other people are doing. Very few people are doing inspiring things. There's a standard pablum, if you will. And it's assaulting us all the time. And so we just go, oh, this must be how things are done. I mean, you know, your book is a perfect example of that where you were like, the agency model sucks. Why is this thing so broken? You know, like, and, 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 you know, you said there's got to be a better way for agency owners to make money, to be more fulfilled in life. And, you know, with the branding, with the copywriting, all this stuff, I think storytelling is is a better method to do that. So just to kind of like try to tie those thoughts together, if that makes sense. This is also opening my eyes because I think the words, the word storytelling and, you know, you need to use story. I think it's, it's become more popular. I think Donald Miller is a big part of that, bringing it into the, the more mainstream conversation. But sometimes I watch people think that it just means like, tell your story and not really think about that arc. And so when you're explaining like what we're trying to do with it and how it needs to connect to the person, it's, and, and also the bringing the emotion in and how it's really about the execution because anyone can tell a boring story. I think that's one huge, you know, takeaway for me. And the second one is just that the story is going to look so different depending on the kind of business that you are. And so as a, a personal brand, your your story might very well be the story that you're telling, but you need to tell it with emotion and you need to tell it in a way that turns you into that guide at the end. Whereas if you are a faceless, more corporate brand, like there is no one person behind it, it's a completely different kind of story. And we use the same word. And I just think that's confusing to people, frankly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that story is a container word for... Um, so many things. Yeah. 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 And so, and that's why in it, you know, in the book I wanted to, to go, look, there's lots of different ways to tell stories. Like the hero's mm-hmm. journey is not the only story that you can tell. Like you don't have to go through the 15 steps of Joseph Campbell's hero's journey to write a good story. Like mm-hmm. it is a good starting point. It is good to know that. Right. But like in anything like design, branding, whatever, it's good to know the rules and then you also understand where you can break them or make adjustments, right? Because you understand, you know, where the, where the boundaries are and, and where those could be pushed and whatnot. So it is a big container word and it's not, it's definitely not indicative of the fact that like there's so many different types, but 
you know, it's like um, genres, right? In in movies or TV, right? Mm -hmm. Some are comedy, some are drama, some are science fiction, some are romance. But we would call all of those story, but they sure. are all very different. Well, what about the idea that, like, if I think of some of the best dramas that I've seen, you know, in the recent past, and and how it's much harder to be surprised by things or right because there's like I there's certain ways of telling stories and I know we're talking about telling stories in business but you can't help but think about it in terms of movies or or tv shows like there's a there's a certain pattern that I think the first time I saw it you know where the first the first scene is something that happens a long time in the future and then the whole show is just what happened before that but you know someone's gonna die right like that framing of it and I feel like the first couple times I saw that it was like gripping and then I saw it again and I was like oh one of those <laughs> it's like all right where yeah. we're gonna see that someone's gonna die and then the whole season we're gonna like wonder who is the person that's dying or whatever it is um <laughs> you can still do it effectively but do you think that the like the the methods change like even me saying you know the agency model is dead or you know badass brands without the bs like these are things that felt really like kind of ooh, a little edgy when i said them at the time but i see so many people doing that now that it's not it, it's a little more like okay yeah you don't like something like <laughs> I've, I've heard that right so do you find that they do you think have you found in your research that these evolve like is it is there going to be an an endless space for us to keep reinventing the story so it can continue to be gripping? Are we going to run out? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I do think stories have to evolve over time, right? Because like your business is not the same as it is five years from now, right? right it's just not. Too. And so, and so part of it is your story has to evolve along with that. I would say too, though, that like some things do become tropes because of, um, you know, loved diminishing returns, right? Like if you go to a, a restaurant and you're like, I love this restaurant. And then you eat there every day for a month, you know, usually by the, the end of the month, you're going to be like, yeah, I've had my fill of this place. I'm good. Right. And so, but with a, like a company story or like a product or a service, the, the mindset is different for what, what people are looking for. Like they're coming to that company to have a problem solved or hoping that mm -hmm. that person can solve that problem. So you talk about the problem, you give them a story, and generally you can keep doing that for for um, for an extended period of time. But other factors like the economy, <laughs> COVID-19, you know, will start to change what people are interested in, what they're looking for. And so you may have to reposition your product based on a changing environment, like, you global know, the 2008 yeah. financial crisis or a global mm -hmm. pandemic, right? Like. So there are pivots that you have to make based on not what you're doing so much, but what, where the rest of the world is at or your audience is at. Like, let's say some new technology comes out and makes what you're doing obsolete. Well, then it, then, it, then that's a whole different thing, right? So, so yes, stuff continues to evolve and, and as humans always have done, we have to adapt and continue to adapt to the changing environment. And like you were saying, you know, when you started it, it was like badass was was unique and it stood out, right? It's like, um, you know, like in school, like somebody gets a cool jacket, 
And then they're cool because they have that jacket. But then everybody else is like, that's cool. I want that jacket. And then everybody at school's got that jacket. And it's like, well, now that jacket's not special anymore, right? It's almost become a commodity. And that happens with businesses over time because, yeah, people see what you're doing or or they think the same way as you. And then all of a sudden there's, you know, counterfeits in the marketplace or competitors in the marketplace who are starting to kind of like try to take take part of your share. And so, yeah, telling a different story or, or, you know, making adjustments to, to the story that you have, I think, you know, makes sense. It's not a, you know, it's not a one and done. It's not a one and done. And, and you got to stay on your toes. It's not like you come up with this amazing story and then that's what it's going to be. You're kind of constantly evolving. If you want your business, well, this is true in in all aspects of your business. Like if you want to have a (laughs) long-term business, it's never going to be static. And part of that is that your story is never going to be static. You're going to have a great story now and it will continue to evolve because you'll evolve. And even as a business, you'll evolve, your story will have to evolve because the environment will evolve. So this is a, an ongoing process. And that's a positive thing because if you're, if you're continually evolving and adjusting your story, then you'll always be current and businesses that aren't current go out of business. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's positioning, right? Like we talk mm-hmm. about this in branding all the time, positioning, right? So there there are, are adjustments that I have to make to reposition your brand. There's adjustments that you have to make to position you to be differentiated. I mean, all of that. And and if you are adjusting your positioning, then your story is going to change along with it. I mean, whether you're using storytelling or not, like something's going to change along with that positioning. You're not just going to say, oh, I'm going to, you know, start working with these types of customers and then keep everything mm-hmm. the same. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. So how does your story, how is your story or isn't your story your brand? Well, that goes back to, is it personal branding or is it, is it a company? Okay. Because I, yeah, again, those are both stories, but they're two different types of, of stories. To answer the question though, how is your story, your brand, the story that you tell, right? Like it affects you know, like, hate to do this, but let's use Apple as an example. You know, they had that that campaign, Think Different, right? That was that was their story. We are rebels. We think differently. We are, you know, we're world changers. We, you know, this is how we see the world. That was the story they told. But also, it affects their culture, how they because how they think about themselves is affects how they, you know, are inside their business, and. It affects how they communicate, the actions they take, the experiences they create. Like, um, so isn't that their brand? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a part of it, right? Like, I think it's, I think it's the, the the chewy caramel center of their brand. But as as you know, when we know that, like, so like I use this the analogy of like a brand being like a person, and the reason I say that is because like we all have friends, right? Our friends have a certain taste in clothing, right? I consider that to be sort of the design, right? Like that's how they visually represent themselves. But then there's the way that they talk, right? That's kind of their copywriting and, and their marketing. And then there, there is who they are and we are all, you know, have a story, right? And that's what's at the center of that person. That is what that story of who that person sees themselves to be is what, uh, affects how they dress how they talk, how they act. So that's why I say it. I think it's at the at the center of the brand. Got it. <laughs> um, okay. 
Tell us what we can expect in your book. <laughs> well, you can expect to be entertained. You know, I, I some stories. I do. I tell I tell some stories. I I try not to focus the book too much on myself. I but I do tell some stories about some experiences I've had and and also some failures because I think that I think that's important because like a hero should be flawed. Like there's no perfect hero, right? Like that's what actually allows us to connect with with people in a story is that we quite often will find out that there's something wrong or flawed or broken about them. And we as humans can go, I'm flawed and broken. <laughs> I need help. You know, like I, I, I can relate to what this person's going through. So yeah, I tell stories. I use a lot of humor. I swear, because that's just who I am. And oh, and my book has a soundtrack. Yes, it does. So, Tell us about that. I've never seen that before. That's such a good idea. I I figured I figured if a movie can have a soundtrack, I'm uh, you know a book's gonna my book's gonna have a soundtrack. And so all I did was you know I went through and picked songs that either captured the feel of the chapter or kind of related to what I was talking about in the chapter. And then I created a YouTube and a Spotify playlist so that anybody could listen along while they're reading the book. And I've actually gotten some really positive feedback about that. Like, but I don't know why That's nobody so else cool. has done it. It it's it was simple, easy to and, do. So And if we play the soundtrack backwards, do you tell us a secret message? Yes, always. <laughs> always play the soundtrack backwards. Okay. Cool. <laughs> then I'm gonna have to get the LP. Awesome. How to hack humans, storytelling for startups. Can we read it even if we're not a startup? Will it help us if we're a personal brand? Yes. Yeah, because there's, I mean, like I said, there's so much about storytelling and you can kind of pick and choose the pieces that are relevant to you, whether you're a small business or an entrepreneur or a startup or, or whatever. Or just a person think, who we don't want to hear boring stories from anymore at the dinner table. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, you know, I think it, it is something that anybody can pick it up and read it and take something away from it. But I just focused it on startups because that's, that's my area. So, yeah. No, I love it. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, it's only kind of related, but listening to you talk about this and, and how it really tr triggers the brain, I wish I could remember what this book was, but you've read thousands of books. Maybe you, this is uh, <laughs> this sounds relevant to you. So I remember somebody, maybe it was about writing a TED Talk or writing a speech, but they said in order to memorize the speech, like they they had... They, they created a story about the speech. So, and it was kind of a, almost like a nonsense story, but it was like in a room. It was like, oh, I walk into my, my foyer and there's an elephant in the room. And that's when I tell the story about being in India and blah, blah, blah. And then I go into the, and it was like, they were basically saying, use that, this little story as a memory trick. I think it was a book about remembering things actually. But anyway, the point was to remember things is to put stories in them and then mm -hmm. they'll stick. <laughs> I I haven't read that, but I I haven't really read a ton of books on memory. I mean, I, I talk about it in my book, but that was more based on, well, here's what the research is saying about how memory works. So, yeah. yeah. So you can have story <laughs> for anything. You can use yes. story. If you, if you want people to remember something, if you want your ADD husband to remember to pick up avocados, tell him a story about avocados. He'll remember it then. That's, that's what I've learned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a, and that's a true story. Um, 
Amazing. Your book is available on Amazon, How to Hack Humans, Storytelling for Startups. Thank you so much for joining me, Seth, and sharing more about this incredible research that you've done. There's no question that everybody needs to know this, and most people are not thinking about it. And it's definitely not our default to talk about our business and story. So I hope that was an amazing reminder to everyone listening. Thanks, Seth. Yeah, thank you for having me. To grab the first chapter of How to Hack Humans, head over to storifyagency.com backslash Pia. It's a great book, a really fun read. You'll learn a lot, and I know it will inspire you to infuse more story into your business. I will link to it in the show notes at piasilva.com backslash podcast. Show Your Business Who's Boss is produced by Yellow House Media. Production coordinator is Lou Blazer. This episode is edited by Marty Seafelt. Creative direction by Steve Wastervall. Our theme music is Glass Prisms by Western Runners. Mm-hmm.